This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to a Turn on the Jets digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I am joined to break down all the latest whispers, rumors, gossip, everything involving NFL free agency with the man who is the owner, operator, lead reporter, everything for JetsInsider.com. And of course, above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, what's going on, man? Not much, just gearing up, getting ready for uh, a whole bunch of nonsense. Well, I, I'm already ready. <laughs> we, we've been dealing with the nonsense for a while. So, oh. all nonsense, all types of smoke and just everyone yelling at each other. This is going to be fun. In my head the last couple of days, Cody Rhodes' old WWE theme song, Oh, You're Only Smoking Mirrors, has been playing oh. in my head over and over and over again. Because you're right, it's smoke and mirror season. But let's discuss the smoke and mirrors and the latest rumors and the happenings and everything. First, we'll start with the mustachioed lunatic, and that is Antonio Brown, the multiple-time All-Pro wide receiver from the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know that that Bills trade fell apart. Now he's going on Instagram saying he's going to be Mr. Big Bucks, and he's He's going to announce his new team soon. Some people speculating it's going to be the Raiders. Others have said that maybe the Jets are even going to jump back into this. What do you know about this, Chris? Yeah, from from what I've heard and been told, the Jets, uh, McCagnan made his, you know, the, the phone call to check in, the due diligence phone call, and they have not really seriously considered him at all. And even after the Bills uh, trade fell through, whatever happened there, they have not gone back and re-engaged trying to uh, talk, you know, get it, get him. And, you know, obviously maybe that's just because the Steelers are still trying to hold on to that first round draft pick tag that they want. And obviously the Jets aren't giving that up for him. Um, it's possible they could be, they'd be willing to consider it for a third round. But listen, like I'm, I'm of the belief that, you know, a lot of, this problems what Antonio doing I think a lot of it he's doing on purpose just to make a mess uh I said this yesterday the NBA uh style is what he's trying to do but also like Big Ben is not innocent in all this they've had problems he's far from the first person to have problems with Ben Roethlisberger but for people who are going to sit here and say act like there's no risk at all into bringing Antonio Brown into this locker room and on this team I mean, I'm I'm very much not the guy who gets caught up in, you know, the diva receiver stuff, but to say there's no risk at all is a way huge of a stretch. Chris, let's talk about LaMarcus Joyner because he just got released by the Rams. He had been playing on the franchise tag, and I guess they decided that he was too expensive. He's got ties to this defense, and he would fill a need because he could come in here and be depth at safety slash the starting nickel, which they're really going to need if you think about it unless they go back and re-sign Buster Screen, which has been a rumor. Daryl Slater talked about this, that when he was at the Combine, he reported on the fact that he had spoken to Screen's agent, and there have been some talks, so I guess it's possible they bring him back but Joyner seems to be a guy that could be an intriguing option for the Jets yeah you know it's, it's funny I saw the release on, and I saw it was Evan Silva who tweeted it uh, that you know obviously Joyner has familiarity with Greg Williams played with him and uh, you know that could be a good uh, the Jets could be a good spot to bring him in as a, a hybrid safety nickel corner and I was just like oh yeah I didn't even think about that but that's you know look, Marcus Joyner probably at the, you know a little bit of the downside of his prime too but 
he he as a nickel corner and an extra hybrid safety there could be a really good pickup for them. He could really help their defense. They need somebody in that type of mold to do. Even if they get screen, uh, they bring him back. They still need a Lamarcus Joyner, or somebody along those lines. You know, a Bryce Callahan in the slot. So if it'll probably come down to how Greg Williams feels about him and how he feels about playing again, Greg Williams defense. But uh, if Greg Williams is on board, I could absolutely see them making a run for him. And I think it would be a good play. And Denard Wilson too, obviously the secondary coach has ties there because he was the coach for Joyner in LA with the Rams or at the time, I guess it would have been St. Louis, but either way there's familiarity there. So that could definitely be an interesting option for the Jets if they choose to go down that road. But a less interesting option as far as I'm concerned would be Danny Amendola. There's whispers about him, the Jets bringing in the 34 year old, often injured slot receiver who spent a disappointing season in Miami under Adam Gase last year. My thought is if he didn't do well under Gase last year, I'm not sure why he would this year. And ultimately when it comes to, if they would sign Danny Amendola and bring him in here to be the number three wide receiver, I have to quote Keenan Thompson here from his days on Keenan and Kel and just say, "Why? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't understand it at all. If 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 you want Danny Amendola at this stage of his career to be anything more than a fifth or your fifth or sixth receiver." What are you doing? It, really, there's there's plenty of slot guys available too. Give me Humphreys, give me Crowder, give me Cole Beasley. Like uh, over at Danny Amendola, you've talked about he's been hurt a lot. He wasn't even that productive with his time in New England. I know he made some big plays here and there, but it's not like he was putting up crazy numbers there. And then he went to Miami, like you said, didn't do much at all with that in that Gase offense. Basically, the only value I could see him bringing the Jets is a Josh McCown role where you're a wide receiver slash part coach and just he's 34 years old, often injured. Just then just hire him as a wide receiver coach. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Let's talk about the trade market, Chris. 
There's whispers about certain players being on the block. Jordan Howard, one of them. Some rumors that McCagnan might be interested and might place a due diligence call, if nothing else. We know all about D. Ford being available with the Chiefs. Now, they've said that they're only going to trade him if they get a good offer. Otherwise, they're going to keep him. But we do know that they're willing to listen. Some people have suggested that the Texans might be willing to listen to offers for Jadavian Clowney. So where do you stand here? Do you think that the Jets are going to possibly get active in the trade market at all? Remember back in 2015, they went out and they got Brandon Marshall for a fifth round pick. They went out and they traded a seventh round pick for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Those seem to be two of the better moves that Mike McCagnan made because remember, even though Marshall wasn't as good in 2016, he gave them a phenomenal year in 2015. Yep. And Fitzpatrick, even though we know what happened after they resigned him, gave them a pretty good 2015. So that could be a recipe for success if he goes back to that. What do you think? Any involvement there from McCagnan on the trade front? Well, in even, uh, you know, more recent history, look at Henry Anderson last year, mm-hmm. seventh round pick. Um, but I, th- I think that is something along those lines is something you could see a later round draft pick type of thing. Uh, I just can't see them giving up, you know, the, how are you going to get in D Ford or a Jadavian Clowney or a Frank Clark? How are you getting those guys without giving up the the number three overall pick, especially with no second round pick? They're not trading him for the two thirds. Now, this is an interesting question, a, a theory that you want to say: Would you would you rather take Quinnen Williams or Josh Allen with that third pick, have him on a cheaper contract, or would you rather take more of a sure thing and use that number three pick on a, a Frank Clark or Davian Clowney? You know, I I think the Jets will probably stick with keeping the rookie and having that pick instead of giving that up to pay a huge salary. But I, it's not the worst idea in the world because um, you, you, you know what you're getting in those players. But I just I don't see them doing anything like that. I could. But absolutely. McCagnan, one of the best parts of what he's done as a GM is being able to work some of those later draft picks for trades a value and I could definitely see him trading like a fifth or you know, a couple sevenths and trying to add pieces here and there. But again, you're you're not gonna get the Frank Clark, Jadavian Clowney guys with uh picks like that. During the mailbag, we got a question about Anthony Barr, and it seems like speculation about him is really heating up. Albert Breer, former guest of this program, and Connor Hughes, another former guest of this program, both of them reporting that the Jets are expected to have interest in Barr. They really like him. The question is whether or not they see him as a potential pass rush threat. And Michael Nania, if you go back into our archives and check out Chronicles of Nania, one of our episodes, he broke down Barr and talked about if you look under the hood and look at the pass rushing numbers for Barr, when he's been deployed that way, he's been very, very effective. So the question is, does Greg Williams see him in that regard? Does he think he could bring him in here and remake him into that? Because that's not the way that he's predominantly been used in Minnesota. I think it has the potential to be a James Farrier type situation where he was played improperly on the Jets, went to the Steelers. They figured out the better way to use him, and he turned into an all-pro player. I'm not saying it's guaranteed, but I definitely think that with Barr's athleticism and his potential, there could be something there. And that's what free agency is for, trying to find other people's mistakes by and large. So I think it's an interesting move if they go ahead and make it what do you think chris do you think that there's something to this speculation yeah there's definitely some smoke going on here there's definitely some interest in the jets and uh or not just some interest they're definitely interested and it does seem that they view him and 
I don't want to. I've seen some people saying that they are viewing him as you know a pure pass rusher, or they want to use him in that type of way. And I don't want to go that far. I also don't know that that would make sense because it's not like he's been bad in the role that he's been doing. He's been pretty good at that too. So I, I could see them wanting to use him more as a pass rusher. But I wouldn't just say that he's just going to, you know, pin his ear backs and go after them every time. But he's a good player, and uh, you're definitely right. The James Ferrier point is right. It is interesting, though, because when he came out of college, I would have thought he would have been used more as a pass rusher. And it's been a while. He's been doing, been playing the way he's playing for a while now. So, you know, how much of an adjustment would that be to him? That's one of those things that we can't really know. But he's a good enough player that you can take what he what we know he does good and then hope that to build on it with a pass rushing. And then if not, you can still use him in more of the traditional role that he's been used. Hey, guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them. Keep up with all the transfers in college basketball and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Speaking of pass rushing, we know that Justin Houston is going to be available. So a lot of people saying that he could be the top option on the market. We talked about Dante Fowler yesterday. But now Albert Breer is talking about other linebackers. And we talked about Anthony Barr, who's not traditionally used as an outside edge rusher, although maybe that's how they see him if they were to sign him. Albert Breer in his mailbag saying that he thinks that there's a good chance that the Jets, instead of targeting an outside linebacker, could look at an inside linebacker like C.J. Mosley. We addressed this a little bit yesterday in the mailbag, Chris, and I think that it would be an interesting possibility. I think we both said it wouldn't be at the top of our priority list, but maybe they think they could get Mosley to come in here and be the inside guy. They think they could get Barr in here and make him play outside where they think that his strengths could be. You take the two of them, and now you've got a completely different look to that front seven. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's, you got some more depth there. You can, you got some players you can use in a couple of different ways. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do there, and CJ Mosley is a hell of a player. So, it, again, Jets adding to add talent. I don't care where the position is. Yes, we need again. We need to. They need to prioritize, but. Just add talent. Uh, just just get as much talent as you can. Try to prioritize, but also talent is the priority. So there's a lot of things they could do with you if you get uh, CJ Mosley and Barr. They could do a bunch of different things, and then you know they they could use them more. They could that could in ways that could free up Jamal Adams to maybe blitz a little more. They could get super creative when you add more talent like that. It's it, that's what talent does it allows you to do more things so you have to prioritize but getting talent is never a bad thing especially on a team as devoid of talent as the jets the jets tendered all nine of their exclusive rights free agents which basically means that all the jets had to do is make them a minimum offer and they can't go anywhere so it kind of sucks for those guys but at the same time at least they know that they're going to be somewhere so those nine guys are davis webb deontay burnett d'angelo henderson ben Braden, bronson kafusi frankie louvu anthony went jeremy clark doug middleton so if you were afraid any of those guys were going anywhere 
Let your heart not be troubled. They are going absolutely nowhere. They're going to stay with the Jets. And I think this is good because some of these guys didn't do much, but a couple of these guys had potential. Deontay Burnett, for example, Frankie Louvu. So the fact that the Jets are going to be able to keep them around on cheap deals is good. And Davis Webb, look, let's see what he's got. Maybe he has the potential to turn into a long-term backup. Let's see what Adam Gase could do with him. So I think this is a good move for the Jets. Yeah, with Davis Webb specifically, you know, I wasn't uh, a fan of believer of him coming out. But I do know that the Jet, the Jets were impressed with what they saw, with how he worked in the building, how they how he worked with the scout team, and how he worked in the quarterback room. They liked what they saw there. Uh, obviously, Bowles is gone. That offensive staff is gone. So, it, you know, it's Gase now and what he feels about it. But they they were a fan of the way he conducted himself and everything. I think the big name, uh, the biggest name on that list, the thing that fans should be happiest about is Luvu, Frank, Frankie Luvu. He played really good in spurts last year, and he had a really good training camp. He was able to provide them with a little bit of spark with some, you know, pass rush here and there. He's got some speed, some coverage ability. He's a player that that they can look to build on from last year. And, you know, again, we're not talking about giving out a big contract for him, so to get him in on that price. And then Deontay Burnett is another guy. Now, we've seen this before where, you know, a young receiver has a couple big games and everyone gets a little carried away. But there's there's no disputing that it was absurd that he didn't get more playing time down this stretch. That's one of those things, especially in the lost season. That's why you want to play the young guys so you can get a better look at them and the small doses we got of Burnett, it was it looked promising. We need to see more of it, but he'll be back, so that's good. And then there's Doug Middleton, who's uh, you know one of those players who's who's been really good, uh, who's been good when he's played, but he has had a lot of trouble staying healthy. So we'll have to see what happens there. But uh, it's it, that list is about Frankie Louvu force and foremost for me. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before, and I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Let's talk a little bit about releases and trades. Michael Bennett to the Patriots. It seems like this could be the prelude to Trey Flowers shaking loose. My guess is they wanted to keep Flowers, negotiated with him, realized that they just weren't going to be able to make it work financially. So they went out and made this low-cost deal to bring in Bennett, who was still fairly productive last year, and they figure he can come in and give them a decent amount of Flowers production for a fraction of the price. I think it was a good deal for them, and I think this makes things interesting with Flowers. I expect the Jets to be in the mix for Flowers. What do you think? Yeah, well, my, my first initial reaction to seeing that was, of course they did. But of course, <laughs> of course the Patriots trade a, a late-round draft pick to pick up Michael Bennett. Of, of course they did. And then also the immediate follow-up to that is why do teams keep trading with the Patriots? Uh, but then immediately after that, because I've been saying all along that, I expected the Patriots to end up coming to an agreement with Trey Flowers before free agency started. I just didn't see them being willing to let him go. But this this move makes me think that, okay, they're at least prepared to lose him. And uh, he's probably going to want more than that 
the Patriots are going to be willing to offer. And I see no reason why the Jets shouldn't be fighting for him super hard. I'm sure there's going to be competition. I'm sure, you know, Flores and Miami's going to be interested and, and Patricia and Detroit's going to be interested. But the Jets, I, I know the Jets definitely have some personal interest at least. And he's as, on the defensive side of the ball when it comes to these pass rushers, the free agent ones at least. Uh, you know, Javion Clowney, Frank Clark is a better option, but you'd have to give up the picks for him. And Trey Flowers should be at the top of the free agent list uh, of those pass rushers for the Jets. They should absolutely go after him. And I, I know they're going to check in and they're going to make it a, a, you know, a run at him. I just don't know if they're going to be willing to be the highest bidder on him. Another guy that's a pass rusher that people thought the Jets should keep an eye on if he got released was Olivier Vernon from the Giants. That's not going to happen now because he gets dealt to the Browns. We heard all these whispers about Kevin Zeitler possibly being involved in a deal for Odell Beckham Jr. Instead, he ends up being involved in a deal for Olivier Vernon. They also flipped some draft picks, but it mostly ended up being a swap between Vernon and Zeitler. Forget about Vernon. I actually would have liked to have seen Zeitler in here. The Jets could desperately use a guard of his caliber, so I don't know what it would have taken, but I guess they really wanted an established player rather than a draft pick. Talk to me a little bit about this deal, Chris, because I think that this could actually impact the Jets a little bit because if Zeitler was available, he would have been a top target as far as trades. He's not available. Olivier Vernon, if he had been released, he could have been a potential target for the Jets. Now that doesn't happen. And of course, you can make the case that this strengthens one of the Jets' potential competitors over the next year or two for playoff spots. That, of course, the Cleveland Browns as they add Olivier Vernon and another pass rushing threat. So what do you think about all this? My, my my immediate first reaction to that was, huh, I wonder if uh, Leonard Williams could have gotten, uh, you know, some type of swap along Leonard Williams for Zeitler, could have gotten something done there. Um, but, I, you know, this is a move a good that's good for both teams, especially because the Giants needed to get out of that uh, LeVay Vernon contract. They needed to uh, upgrade their line. And now you put Olivia Vernon on the Browns opposite Miles Garrett. And that defense, you know, that has some scary potential right there. Uh, so that's going to be good that for them. Uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I know they have uh, some some backup guards that were going to be now playing starters, but are they going to be able to match and play up to Zeitler's level? We'll have to wait and see. So did they just hurt their defense to or hurt their offense to help their defense? We'll have to wait and see how that plays out. But right now on its face, that looks like a really good deal for both teams. But it is a shame because if an offensive lineman of that caliber is available, the Jets need to be trying to get them. I, I don't care if it's available for trade, through free agency, whatever. You know, as uh, rumors that uh, I don't know if it happened, uh, the Raiders looking to move on from assembly, like something like that would be really good for the Jets. They need to – this – has to be the priority over everything else is upgrade the offensive line as a whole and however you have to do it obviously they they missed out on Zeitler but that they if they have to get creative create trade packages then that's what they're gonna have to do this is the overtime podcast network Let's talk about a simile, and let's also talk about Marcus Gilbert, because Marcus Gilbert gets traded to the Cardinals for a six-round pick. He was a starting tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we know about a simile. He's a starting offensive lineman for the Raiders. Either one of those guys, I think, would improve the Jets' offensive line situation. 
do we know if the Jets got involved at all trying to pluck around for Gilbert? Because that seems like the kind of deal I was talking about before, like Fitzpatrick or Brandon Marshall. And do you expect them to be active with Assimile if he does become available via trade? You know, when the Gilbert trade happened, that's the first thing I, I thought. I was like, I wonder if the Jets even inquired. And uh, I, I looked into that a bit. And from, from what I'm told, they, they didn't. There wasn't anything looked into there. It wasn't something that they really saw coming. The Steelers, uh, I don't know what happened there exactly, but uh, you know, I I also think that's uh, they're the kind of it, it, Gilbert. I don't know if they view it as enough of an upgrade over uh, Beecham and or Shell. Um, so they weren't looking too much into that, and uh, I haven't looked into the Zeitler thing yet. But I I. Do have a pretty good feeling that if assembly becomes available, especially as if it's just a free agent type of thing, that's somebody that they will make a big run at. He'd probably, uh, you know, be a higher priority than Saffold would. And uh, hell, they could go ahead and sign both Saffold and hit and assembly because they could use upgrades at both those guard spots. So they go ahead and get Saffold, assembly, and Paradis. And all of a sudden, that offensive line is going to look a lot better, and that Sam Darnold's in much better shape going into next year. Let's talk about some moves the Jaguars made, assuming that they're doing this to clear space for Nick Foles, who everybody expects them to sign. But they released Malik Jackson, Carlos Hyde, and Tayshawn Gibson. Jackson and Gibson were both really good players a couple of years ago. Both of them got pretty good money on the free agent market, especially Jackson. Now, a couple of years later, they're out the door. Carlos Hyde, a veteran running back, he was with San Francisco, then he's with the Browns for a little bit. Then, of course, he was with the Jaguars. He's not really a great running back by any stretch, but he's at least an experienced guy. Maybe he could be a depth player for the Jets. If they strike out on Bell or Coleman, they could bring him in and draft the guy. He'd be a little bit of insurance. What do you think about those three? Do any of them stand out as somebody that the Jets should talk to? Uh, you know, Carlos Hyde, I, I, he's kind of a, almost a duplicate, a little bit better of his Isaiah Crowell. Say, similar type of – he's not that great, solid can do some things, but, I mean, all right, depth, sure, go ahead. It sounds like he's going to be signing with Kansas City, though, anyway. Um, you know, Gibson, uh, you know, that goes in the he, – he's been a good player in the past, but he's got – that would have to be a, a much lower priority. Um, now, Malik, that's that's an interesting thing. I, I stopped watching the Jags uh, uh, last year because – you know, the year before, I watched all their games because I, I'm a defensive guy. I love the defense. That defense was so much fun to watch. The offense was brutal to watch, but the defense was so much fun to watch that it was worth it. And then last year, the defense just fell apart right off the bat, and I wasn't going to sit there and, you know, go through that and, <laughs> and subject myself to that type of torture for the reward to be to watch the Jags' offense. So I, I didn't see. I'd have to go back and look at the tape to see what type of level he's playing at. But he was a really good player. And to, you could add him to that line. And if you add, add him to that line to go with Leo and then to to pair with, you know, an, an Anthony Barr, uh, to pair with a Trey Flowers, that could be huge. But it also, again, you know, what type of contract is he going to be looking at? You obviously got that huge contract to go down to Jacksonville. He's not going to get anything quite like that. But he's, he's definitely somebody that I would think they, they should be 
have some level of interest in, but it, again, he'd be, you know, a little bit lower priority than uh, those top guys that we're talking about for sure. Chris, any other guys that you expect to be released that we should keep an eye on over the next day or two before free agency gets in a full swing with the legal tampering period? This is, uh, we were talking about this off air. Every year going into free agency, we talk about all these guys who are going to be available and then people get disappointed because they end up being franchised or staying with their teams. But this year, and we see sometimes we forget about all the surprise releases. And there's a lot of that this year, even, you know, somebody like Eric Weddle who got released and then he's already signed. So I, there's nobody I'm looking at right now. Assembly's the guy that I'm looking at and watching, like, okay, let's see what happens here. But there's nobody I, right now that pops in my mind thinking, oh, this, they're going to move on from him. Let's just watch for it. But I can still see a surprise or two coming out. And the, the Jets have to be all over, you know, an assembly type or any type of guy that can help them at those positions. They have the money. They have to be aggressive on all these types of guys. And again, we were talking about someone like Marcus Jordan earlier. He's been released. They can start talking to him now. You don't need to wait. Go, go talk to him now if you want him. And it's funny, too, because they got rid of LaMarcus Joyner and got Weddle like that. So it was just real yeah. fast that the Rams acted. They knew what they wanted to do, and they made it happen. That's the mark of a decisive franchise, and that's what you hope Mike McCagnan is going to do this offseason in free agency. By the way, Chris, last note here before we go. Unfortunately, it looks like Rob Gronkowski is not going to retire. All those whispers that he was going to ride off into the sunset. Adam Schefter reporting that he would be very surprised if Gronkowski hangs it up. So, sorry, Jets fans. He's going to torture us for another year at least. Yeah, uh, well, I don't know if he'll torture the Jets for another year so much because uh, I would expect, well, probably if he's coming back, probably get you know a similar season where he of as last year where you're sitting there watching him like he's a shell of his former self he's not anything close to what he used to be but in some big playoff moments he will do what he does and summon up all his ability and strength to make those six huge plays and win them some huge playoff game uh but man uh, that guy what he has put his body through what are you doing, man? Just, I, I don't understand. Go retire, save your body, save what's left of your knees and your back and everything. But he's, I don't, you know, he's not what he once was, but he can still summon it for a couple plays here and there. And that'll be enough to win them a couple playoff games. Certainly doesn't need the money. We know that. There was that article right. a bunch of years ago where he talked about how he's been living off of his endorsement deals and the saved. Shack model. Yeah, which is absolutely insane that he's saved all that money. So he certainly doesn't need to do it. I guess he just loves playing football. I will say this. If he wants to do it, and I'm not saying he does, but I know he's a fan and I know that he's got a friend in the company in Mojo Raleigh. If he wants to do it, Rob Gronkowski could easily have a second career after football being a professional wrestler. No question about it. Yeah, no, you know, I'm not the wrestling expert here at all. This, this is not my ex area of expertise, but he seems like he, he was born for it. Like, he's an exact, they can play him up as, he doesn't have to act at all. He can just be himself, be the goofy goon that he is, and just sit there and laugh and giggle every time somebody puts the word, the, the numbers six and nine next to each other. Uh, yeah, he's just, he seems perfectly made for for wrestling 
There's an old saying in pro wrestling that the most successful characters are the ones that take their actual personality and turn it up to a thousand. With Gronk, you don't even need to do that. So, no. <laughs> like you said, just be yourself, Gronk, as Audio Slave once sang. Be yourself. It's all that you can do. That's all he needs to do because I think that he would be a fantastic pro wrestler, especially from a personality standpoint. And he's such a good athlete that I think he could pick up the sport pretty easily. But I will say this, though. Like you said, shelve himself in a lot of ways, but he's still capable of making those plays we saw it and we will continue to see it unfortunately it looks like in the year 2019 because according to adam schefter he is not going anywhere for the time being chris thanks so much for hopping on i'm looking forward to talking to you tomorrow as we get closer and closer and closer to the legal tampering date in the meantime why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and interact with a very big deal because most people don't get that opportunity in life this is true uh obviously you can find jetsinsider.com find me on twitter at jets insider or at c nimbly and uh yeah you know as for as much of a very big deal as i am i am still a man of the people i like to interact i've taken a you know i am known to take some breaks from twitter because it is a horrible place sometimes but you see me on there you ask me questions i generally try to respond so i'm not too big of a deal to respond to the common folk not always. Sometimes, sometimes, every well, once in sometimes. a while. Sometimes, yeah. But you know, the, those are those are special kind of people that sometimes I have to just avoid. Listen, we all have those special kind of people, and you can't see this because this is radio, not TV. But I'm using the quote marks right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thanks, Chris. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And there's some buzz that there may be a special third man in the booth tomorrow Ooh, with boy. us. I wonder who it could be. As the New Day would say, who, 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 who? Tomorrow you will find out. In the meantime, make sure you follow Chris. Go to JetsInsider.com. And for the latest and greatest in Jets podcasts, you know where to go. It's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.